to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Take your Bibles this morning, go to Colossians chapter 1. You are a citizen this morning of a kingdom that is invisible but that is real. A place called heaven, it's just as real as earth, only you can't see it, it's there. And you are a citizen of that country just like you are a citizen of the United States of America. Colossians 1.13 says, Who has delivered us from the power or the kingdom of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. This tells you here that the day that you got born again into the kingdom of God, basically, you were delivered from the power of darkness or the kingdom of darkness here on the earth. Now, everybody who's born into the earth was born into the kingdom of darkness, and that's because of what Adam did when he sinned. When he sinned, every single person was thrown out of the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit had to leave the earth at that time, and basically it started a new kingdom called the kingdom of darkness. So when you were born, you were born into the kingdom of darkness. You had the devil's nature on the inside of you. Basically, you were led by the kingdom of darkness. You received from the kingdom of darkness. How many had trouble receiving from the kingdom of darkness? No, you didn't do 10 classes to figure that out, did you? You just were good at that kind of stuff. So we see from darkness. But here it says, when you've been born again, you were transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. So you are a citizen of the kingdom of God and a citizen of heaven, even though you live on the earth. What we are down here is earth is basically a colony or a, a substation of heaven itself. And we have been positioned in earth because he has a purpose and plan for us and for you. Say, for me. For me. For you here on the earth. It's just like you read other things, you know, that Great Britain at one time, they ruled over the Bahamas. They ruled over Barbados. They were long ways away from those countries, but they were colonies of that country. And because they were colonies of that country, even though there was people there, and most of them are from Africa, they didn't even speak African anymore. They spoke British. They lived like the Britons. They drove on the wrong side of the road. They wore knee socks. They drank tea all the time. They did everything that Britain did that you wouldn't think these people would be doing, but they were a colony of another country. Now, and of course, you look at Cuba. Where did they come from? They came from Spain, didn't they? Why? They speak Spanish. They didn't speak English. And you check out places like Haiti and Haiti. Where do they speak? French. Why is that? Because they were a colony of another country. And most of these people had never been and will never get to the home country but yet they're still a citizen of that country. Say that one more time. They never got to Britain. They never got to Spain. They never got to France, but they were still a colony of that. How many of you have ever been to heaven? But you're still in a colony. Are you following me? You're still a citizen of heaven. You don't have to go there to become a citizen like we were told. Wait till you die, and then you'll enter the kingdom of God. Well, who wants to do that, for goodness sakes? Because you'll have everything you need. Well, you, if you get out of this earth, you will have everything you need. But that kingdom of God was supposed to come here. Jesus didn't come to come take us to heaven. He came to bring heaven to us on earth. So we're supposed to be ruling and reigning down here. We, we are basically the people who bring the kingdom of heaven atmosphere into this. And basically we do that through the power of God on the inside of us and the transformation that takes place in our life. So the king basically, what does a king want to do in whatever country they're in? They want to get colonies. They want to influence those colonies 
to agree with them, to have their customs, to have their morals, to have their speech, to have their language. And basically, that's what we're doing here on earth. Basically, we are taking kingdoms heaven. It'll be on earth as it is in heaven. This is what, and people, you know, they think, wouldn't it be nice to live in a utopia? Earth was supposed to be a utopia until Adam messed it up. It was going to be just like heaven, only on earth. It was going to be wonderful. But when they messed it up and we lost the kingdom and we lost the spirit of God, then Jesus had to come to reintroduce. Say reintroduce. Say it again. Reintroduce. Now, in order to reintroduce something, it had to be introduced before in order to reintroduce it. Is that right? So in Genesis chapter 1, when he created man in his image and in his likeness, at that time, basically, at that time, he introduced the kingdom of God. They lived in the kingdom of God. They lived in a place called Eden. I mean, Eden was perfect. They were only given one thing not to do. And how many know they didn't do very well? And when they did, what did they do? They declared independence from the kingdom of heaven and started their own kingdom here on the earth, which is the kingdom of darkness. And when the kingdom of darkness came in, it started to, to do a culture of the kingdom of darkness. What was there? There's murder. There's depression. There's sickness. There's disease. That's all the culture of the kingdom of darkness. And that's why people need to get born again into a new country. How did you become a citizen of the United States? You got born into it and automatically became one. So spiritually, in order to become part of a spiritual kingdom, you have to be born again spiritually. Say spiritually. And when you're born again spiritually, now you entered into a place and you are a citizen of one place called the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven wants to export its morals, wants to export its values and everything into a planet called earth. And they can only do that through people who've been born back into the kingdom of God. Say, that's me. That's who you are. That's what we're here for. That's what we're supposed to do. So I have access to a kingdom other than the earth here. Aren't you glad? Yep. There's not a whole lot of things on earth going to help you here in the kingdom of darkness and even out. So we've got access to something greater than that called the kingdom of heaven. We've got access to everything by the spirit of God that heaven has to offer us now, right now. Not when we die and go to heaven. Everybody told me once I got born again, all you got to do is hang on and hold on, brother. And one day you're going to die and get some peace. And one day you're going to die and get some joy. And one day you're going to die and everything is going to be good for you. And I wanted things good for me, but I didn't want to die. Is that right? You want things better, die. Well, I don't want to die. I want things better now. And nobody ever told me that there was a better way of life now. Nobody ever told me there was victory right now. Nobody ever told me there was a kingdom right now. There's nobody ever told me I could call on a legion of angels and they would show up. They told me to be the army. Well, I'm not an army. I'm a citizen. But I have an army. See, we, we've misconstrued that too. Christians are the army. No, you're not an army. You're citizens. Now, how many of you are citizens of the United States? When somebody breaks into your house, do you call the police or you? Just a thought. You, you call the police, don't you? And watch this. They ain't got no choice. They got to come to your house and help you out with whatever situation you got because that's the way it is. So when you call on your army from heaven, the angels aren't arguing whether they're going to come or not. They're not going to sit down and have a meeting to decide whether they're going to help you out. They have to come because they're a spiritual army that belongs to you as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I don't even know why I'm going here. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about this morning. My God, you, you've got disposals there. You've got things there, and we're panicking and freaking out, man. Just, come on. Praise God, they come. Praise God. They're there, and in the Spirit, well, I can't see them. You can't see heaven. You can't see anything in the Spirit. But we know it's there because the Word of God tells us what's going on and what's there for each and every one of us. So the kingdom is basically where we're at right now, and God wants to spread his morals. I mean, you know, there's a kingdom of darkness battling the kingdom of light. Man, if you can't see that in this day and age, it's been made plain. 
So we're on the good side. Say, I'm on the good side. <laughs> Hallelujah. So what are we doing? We're trying to get his morals, his values, and everything in this earth realm. All right, go to Titus chapter 2. When you start to look at the Bible from a kingdom mentality and a government mentality rather than your religious mentality, you're going to get a lot more revelation than you ever thought was even possible. If you look at it religiously, it's just going to bind you more than you're already bound with stuff that you have to do that Jesus already provided for you. Religion wants you to be responsible for everything, and you don't have to be because Jesus already did everything for each and every one of us. You don't have to earn your way into heaven. You don't have to earn your way into healing. You don't have to earn your way into peace. All those things have been given us as a byproduct of entering the kingdom of God. They all belong to us. We have all those things. All right, Titus chapter 2, look at verse 11. It says, for the grace of God that appeared brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly when we die and go to heaven. Is that what it says? No. no. Where? In this present world. Now, you read that scripture, and 90% of the people are going to freak out. But look what it says. We can live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. So the day that I got born again, went into the kingdom of God, and I came out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, and I basically became a citizen of heaven itself, at that time it gave me the possibility to live above what I used to live, above the things. We're so, much, so many times we're battling our addictions. There are no addictions in the kingdom of God. You just got to get in there. You just got to get born again and know that what everything came to you. Now, how many of you know when you get born out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, there may be some things in the way of your thinking that just doesn't quite line up with the kingdom of light yet. Like about 99.9% .9 of the stuff when you get born again. Yeah, you got all these thoughts. You got all these ideas. You got all these ways of doing things, way to act, way to respond, way to all this. So as we take time in the Constitution, say the Constitution. This is the constitution of heaven. As we read that and we find things that we can do here, it says we can deny ungodliness. We can deny worldly lust. We don't have to be under worldly lust. We don't have to be under addiction. We don't have to be under anything. We have the power and authority to deny those things, not deny that they exist, but deny their right to be in us because we're a kingdom citizen and they don't belong to us anymore. You're no longer an angry man. You're no longer somebody upset. You're no longer rejected. You're no longer all that stuff's a mentality. You continue to hang on from the kingdom of darkness that wants to keep you down. So immediately we have to switch our loyalties, don't we? We have to start seeking the kingdom of God and find out, wow, my God, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And all the things I've been trying and struggling with in the past have already passed away. So why am I dealing with stuff that's passed away when it's already passed away? So when I read that, I thought, dear Lord, I don't have to fight alcoholism. I don't have to fight anger. I don't have to fight all these things because that was in the old kingdom. And now I stepped into a brand new kingdom and those things, praise God, hallelujah, glory to God. He set me. I mean, if you didn't know you were free after praise and worship this morning. I mean, every song was about your freedom, about what he bought and paid for you. It was paid for by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we slowly grow, say grow. grow. And notice this isn't an instant thing, is it? This is a growth thing. It takes time. And as we slowly change our way of thinking to the kingdom of God and start receiving from the kingdom of God and its benefits, we're going to start to look like a kingdom citizen. We're not only going to represent the king, we're going to start to resemble. Yes. Yes. See, not just representatives, we're going to resemble him. People, if you've seen me, 
See, that's what Jesus said. That's, that's where we're growing to. That's where we're going. And I mean, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a little bit at a time. And the more you grow into this kingdom mindset, the more benefits you start receiving, not from the earth, but from heaven, from God and the things that he promised. And it changes your allegiance and your, your desire and your faith. Because at one time we put all our trust in the world. If we're going to get rich, what are we going to do? Get a great job, work 16 hours a day, basically, and gather the money and hang on to the money and grow the money, and we'll have some there. If we've got to, whatever we've got to do to step another step up, whatever we've got to do to make more money, whatever we've got to do, because we were all relying on the kingdom down here to get what we need. But the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of and his right standing in there, and all these things will be. Now, where are all these things actually going to come from? They're going to come from the kingdom of heaven through the earth to us. So the little paycheck that you're getting, you're worth a lot more then. See, and, and God will pay you what you're worth. And he thinks a lot of you. He said one time, aren't you better than the birds? And most Christians would say, no. No, we're just birds. Just sinners trying to be saved by grace. Just birding around, seeing what we can do. See, that kind of attitude is a world, that's a kingdom darkness attitude. You ain't going to get anything from the kingdom of heaven doing that, my gosh. Like going to an ATM and having the wrong pin number. It ain't going to work for you, praise God. So what are we doing? We're changing the way we think. We're changing the way we look at things. And all at once, all the benefits start coming. All at once, healing starts to flow into your body. Why is that? Because I'm not worrying anymore. I've decided to cast all my care upon him because he cares for me, praise God. I'm not fearing anymore. Why? Because God has not given me a spirit of fear. And how many know fear and worry is what causes most people to be? So what happened? The more peace and joy you walk in, the more healed you're going to be in your physical body because it's coming through your spirit and through your soul and into your physical body. So the more we're growing in these things, the more we're changing, the more things are changing in our life. But you have to keep growing. Say, I have to keep growing. How I many you know when you get a revelation, you think you got it all? Did you ever notice that? My God, did you see that? I got a revelation. I know everything now. I know everything. And about two days later, you find out you just got a piece. Got this little tiny piece of what God's thoughts were. And then you finally go back and you start reading the Bible again and try to get something else. Praise God. And that's why you can get a revelation and get excited and tell your friend about it. And they look at you like they don't know your name. Look what I saw today in the Bible. And they're going, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And you're going, uh, uh, and then you just want to. But you don't do that because we're kingdom citizens, praise God. We cast that thought down, glory to God. All right, go to Luke chapter 19. All right, remember what Jesus taught about? He taught about the kingdom of God. The parables that he taught were about the kingdom of God. The lessons he taught were about the kingdom of God. Jesus came to preach the kingdom. He said, I must preach the kingdom of God. Why? Because that's why I was sent, was to preach the kingdom of God. All right, Luke 19, let's start in verse 11. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Now, how many know he's talking about the kingdom of God? So he said to them, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded these servants to be called unto him, 
to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound has gained 10 pounds. And he said unto them, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over 10 cities. And the second came saying, Lord, thy pound has gained five pounds. And he said, likewise to him, behold, also over five cities. And another came saying, Lord, behold, here is my pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man, thou takest up that which thou layest not down, and reapest that which thou did not sow. And he said unto him, Out of your own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knowest that I was an austere man, taking up what I laid down, what I not laid down, and reaping what I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required my own usury? And he said unto them that stood by him, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that has ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he has ten pounds. For I say unto you that unto every one which has said, which shall be given, and from him he has not, even he that shall be taken away from him. For those mine enemies which would not, that I would reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. And when he had thus spoken to them, according to Jerusalem, and it came to pass when he had come unto Bethpage and Bethany, on the Mount of Olives, he called his disciples together again. Now you can see the comparison here between the kingdom of God and what he's talking about here. He's talking about someone who's coming from a faraway country to establish a kingdom on this property. How many of you think that sounds like God? So what happens here? He shows up here basically, and he gives some servants there who are supposed to help spread his kingdom on the earth. He gives them some gifts. He gives them some talents that they are supposed to use to spread his kingdom word on the earth or in this area until he comes back and brings the kingdom of God. Are you following me? But what happened here? Basically, they didn't do very well, did they? And of course, he was very, very happy about this, as in verse 27 says. But those mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. So the king was not very happy about what was going on and what they did on the earth realm. So you think about in this day and age, basically the people in this parable who were in that land and the people he sent there didn't do their job and they didn't want him to come as king. They didn't want his kingdom. They wanted their own kingdom. Sound familiar? Yeah. The earth right now. Let's take God out of schools. Let's take prayer out of schools. Let's take God off the money. Let's take God off. We don't want your kingdom. We want to have our own kingdom because we like our own kingdom. And how many of you know basically the kingdom right now on the earth doesn't look very good, does it? What do you got? You got a house with bars over the windows. You got people, everybody needs a gun just to stay safe. You got depression all over the place. You got divorce all over the place. You got streets rioting. You got all this stuff. That is the culture that man has chosen because they will not choose the kingdom of God culture that they're trying to get into the earth realm. And notice what they said in verse 11. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh unto Jerusalem, but because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. So these people knew about the kingdom of God, but they thought it was going to come like when another country invades another country. In other words, you go in and you take that country over and you take over. But Jesus is showing you that the kingdom of God is a gradual thing that's going to come through the earth. And first of all, it's going to come into your heart and your life first. Amen. Say, it's a gradual thing. Gradual. See, as long as you're seeking the kingdom, never be discouraged about where you're at. Just understand you're going to go further. See, some people say, well, he knows more about the kingdom. Well, I've been studying it for 20 years. How long have you been studying it? 
You see, so, so it's not like you're going to get everything, but every little piece of revelation you get from the kingdom that changes your life, that makes an adjustment, that does something in your life is going to continue. The kingdom of God is if a man plants seed in the ground. He goes to bed, gets up, goes to bed, gets up, goes to bed, gets up. First, the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. So your only job is to plant the seed in the ground. Is that too difficult? But if you don't plant the kingdom seed in the ground, the seed will not grow because it needs to be in the ground in order to grow. So why don't people know about the kingdom of God? Because they've never been taught the kingdom of God to have a seed that will even grow. They've had the seed of religion. And that man, that baby will grow too. And it'll grow a lot because the people you hang around with have the same religious spirit that you do. So you can have a whole religious club if you want to and be grown by leaps and bounds in religion if you want to. But he's talking about the kingdom of God here. So the kingdom of God is a gradual thing. It gradually grows. It gradually. And notice what they did. They blamed, they blamed the master, God. Well, I'd have did something with my talent, but you're a mean guy. And you reap where you don't sow. And you always somebody else's fault. It's the king's fault why I'm not in his kingdom because he's just not a very nice guy. He doesn't treat me right. Grandma died 22 years ago and I've been mad at God ever since. Well, get over it, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Time to move on. Your past is your past. So this is something about the kingdom of God and how it's coming to the earth. But how many know the kingdom word will be rejected? Yeah. You know, I read these scriptures and I read this stuff and I see it and, and you get more revelation and you get this. And whenever you get good revelation, sometimes there's not so good revelation that comes with a good revelation. Did that ever happen to you? <laughs> So as I'm reading this, I'm getting more revelation on teaching the kingdom, getting the kingdom word out, telling other people about kingdom, living the kingdom life. And then I read the part where they put him to death for preaching the kingdom. I think maybe it's time to change messages. See, people preach faith. Nobody killed them. Preach healing. Nobody killed them. But he preached to kill them. They tried to stop the kingdom message. How many know that didn't work? So you can't stop the kingdom of God. You can kill the person, but it's not going to stop the kingdom message because it's already flowing. It's already going. More seeds are out there. People are growing in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter whether you get taken out or not. You've sowed enough seeds to where it's going to continue to spread and continue to grow. It's like yeast. Get a little bit of yeast in there. Can't get back out. You can't say, I'm going to take the yeast out of this lump. Can't do it. It's already in there. And that yeast is going to grow. And it's going to grow into three measures. Say three measures. The kingdom got in your spirit when you got born again. Now it's going to yeast into your soul. And it's going to yeast into your physical body. And pretty soon you're going to be thinking like a kingdom person. Your body is going to be healthy no matter what age you are. You're still going to be walking around in divine health and in authority and power basically because the yeast has got in there and it's spread all the way through you and it's in there. And it'll continue to grow and continue to grow. But it cannot be rejected. If you reject it, it will not work. And you can see the world right now. It's a mess. It's a mess because everybody wants the kingdom of darkness. Nobody wants to talk about God. We want to get rid of God. And the more and further we get away from God, the worse it's going to get down here because the wrong culture is going to take over and continue to go. All right, go to Isaiah chapter 9. One of the greatest things I ever learned in my life after I got born again and started studying the kingdom of God was that God doesn't change and I have to. Because I had some good prayers to change God, but they never worked. I told him what he was doing wrong and what I thought he should do. You know, he never came to me for counsel, but I thought maybe he needed some while he was 
not doing anything. Maybe I could help him out you know, with a few decisions or whatever, but it never worked. I found out whenever there's something that wasn't working, the change had to come on my end. The way I was thinking, the way I was doing something, the way I needed to adjust. So that kept me in a place that when I read the word, I don't read it so God changes. And I don't read it so my wife changes. And I don't read it so my boss changes. I read it so I changes. See? Now I got about two amens on that one, didn't we? Yeah. Let's go back to changing God. Amen, brother. It's glory to God. About time he gets a clue. Praise God. All right, Isaiah chapter 9. Look at verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do what? Performance. So this is interesting here. We use this at Christmas. Everybody quotes it every year. Jesus is coming. He's a baby. He's coming to earth. But nobody ever talks about the kingdom when they read this scripture. They talk about Christmas presents, hallelujah, build a tree, put up some lights and everything else. But what is he talking about here? He's talking about a kingdom coming. Say a kingdom. kingdom. So there's a, talking about a new kingdom coming into the earth realm. Why do we need this new kingdom in the earth realm? Because you look at the other governments of the earth realm and we need a kingdom coming from the heavenly realm. Every other government on earth, whether you know it or not, either has failed or is failing. Because they didn't come from heaven. They didn't come from the spirit realm. They came from man's idea of what should be done, which came from the kingdom of darkness. And every single one, even though it may start out good, sooner or later is going to fall apart because many of the people who run it are corrupt to begin with. So what does God say? You need the kingdom of God. You need a spiritual kingdom that I started to come in. You need the morals of that. You need the values of that. You need everything that I need in order to do that in order to change the earth, basically to make it a good colony. So basically, that's our job here. That's what we're called to do. That's why we're changing. That's why we're helping other people. And how many know there's a judgment day coming? And this won't go too many amens either, but there is one coming. And he's not going to say, how did your pastor do? How did your grandmother do? No, he's going to say, what have you done to represent my kingdom? What have you done to expand my kingdom into the earth realm? How have you demonstrated integrity in your workplace? Have you been a good father and a good mother and a good friend? What has been your attitude the whole time you were down there? Have you expanded it to all the people who are in your environment about the kingdom of God? And how many know we're going to have to answer for that? I mean, we were taught by Jesus to pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what do we want to do? We want to grow up to be full citizens in the kingdom of God. I want to know my full rights from the kingdom of God. I want to know everything that belongs to me. And another word that really helped me understand that was I have an inheritance. Now, everybody understands inheritance. I mean, if grandma calls you up and somebody said she died and left you a million dollars, you certainly understand inheritance. You don't have to look it up in the dictionary. You don't have to break it down to inheritance and look it up. (laughs) Praise God, you know inheritance means I got something coming to me, and it's coming to me absolutely free. I don't have to beg for it. I don't have to borrow for it. I don't have to scream for it. I don't have to. It belongs to me. And the kingdom of God says we have received an inheritance. When Jesus died, how many know he died? 
So everything that he has already belongs to each and every one of us here. It's not something we're trying to coerce the Father into giving us. It's something that we're trying to understand our rights that we've got and what he's given to us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his... What does he do? He heals all our diseases. Praise God. He saves our life from destruction. He crowns us with love and kindness and tender mercy. These are not things we're trying to get through having enough faith to get. These are things that belong to us. Faith doesn't get you things. Faith believes you have things. Now faith is. We've used faith to try to get things from God. No, you get faith lets you believe what you've already got from God and start applying it to your life. And you're never going to apply anything to your life that you don't know you have or understand. You don't know. If you don't know that you can operate in the heavenly language of tongues, you will never operate in the heavenly language of tongues. If you don't know that divine health has been promised to you, then you'll stay in the world's way of, I got a pain here, so I go to the doctor, and he sends you to a specialist who sends you to a real specialist who sends you to the most specialist. And after you get checked out there, they give you a drug and then a week later tell you that that drug needs a drug to make up for what the drug is doing in your life. So you get another drug and then they give you two more drugs to take care of that and four more drugs to take care of that and pretty soon you don't have any pain anymore because you're drugged. <laughs> How do you feel? Great. I haven't gone to the doctor. I feel wonderful. See, that's the world's way. Are you following me? And let me tell you what, that's all right. Do you understand? That's, these things are to keep you alive and keep you going until you fully understand your citizenship and the kingdom of God. I've got to do this because there's nothing wrong with going to a doctor. Yeah. God, I get, people get mad at me. Yeah. I'm just saying that there is a better way. Yes. Yeah. See, that we're growing into, say growing into, growing into, when you can be hit with a symptom and not any fear enter into, you're ready to receive from the kingdom. When fear comes, get some help. I will drive you. Are you following me? Because people get all, you know, whenever you preach healing, healing is a tough subject, I'll tell you, in the kingdom of God, in any kingdom, because people get mad at you. You know, but it, it's, it's, i got to get out of that. My God, I'm going to get in trouble before it's over. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, Lord. Just stay in the kingdom, let the word do its work, let things happen. And all once that pain you had in your shoulder will no longer be there. You'll forget you even had it in two weeks and say, my God, I had a pain in my shoulder and I forgot it was there. Now it's gone. I don't know what happened to me. It's not that you're trying to do something. It's you're planting seed in the garden of your heart in here and it's growing on the inside of you, becoming real to you, becoming powerful to you. I mean, some of us had to get enough seed in our hearts just to lift our hands during worship. And now you lift your hands, you don't think nothing about it, praise God. And you go to one church and, and nobody lifts their hands and you do. Even with your eyes shut, it's like you know everybody's looking at you. You know it. You know you just did something wrong. You brokest the barrier of religion in that place and everybody hates you. And God forbid if your leg starts moving. Oh my God, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Why is that? Because that's the way they've been trained. That's the way they think. That's the way it's that we want to be reverend. We want to do this stuff. And praise God if you ever start doing something else. And oh gosh, I'm telling you what, praise God. Yeah, yeah, you know it. You can feel it when you do something like that. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
God forbid you break out in tongues in a place like that. Oh, my God. You'll never have to ask who the ushers are again. Because you will meet them personally. <laughs> oh, God, that's what's so hard about the joy when Rodney Howard Brown came. Nobody had joy in church. You cry. Don't you? You go to the altar and you weep and you cry. And then people start laughing. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. God, do something about this joy. Deliver these people of this joy. And what did it do? It caused division, didn't it? Instant division, you know. But if you were the one laughing, there was no division for you. Because if you ever got hit with a joy, it wasn't you trying to joy. There was something happening on the inside of you that you couldn't control. You want to talk about out of your belly shall flow? There's a real life flow that comes out of your belly when the joy hits you, praise God. And you don't care about what anybody else thinks. We don't like that. I don't care. Get a job. <laughs> Ain't that the way it is? Why are we going this way? Help me, Lord. Jesus. What are we doing this morning? Yeah. Yeah, something different. All at once we got joy. You could have cried. Nobody have said a word. Oh, look, they're being touched. And there's nothing wrong with crying either. So we don't want everybody starts having joy, then everybody gets mad at the crier. See, there's division everywhere. Then you got the crier sitting over here, and the joyer sitting over here, and the people in the state of shock right in the middle. And I ain't going to that church anymore because they joy there. I ain't going to that church. They cry there. I ain't going to that church because I'm right in the middle. I don't know what the heck to do in that church at all. And then we get into our carnal thinking about what does everybody think of me? What are they going to think if I lift my hands? Who cares? You're not lifting it to them. What are they going to do if I dance? What are they going to do if I break out in the joy? What's going to happen? So people, you lay hands on people, they won't even come up. Anybody want the joy? Why is that? Because we were born with a mentality. We still got it. Religion has fueled that mentality to help us to get stuck in our old traditions and our old customs and stay there, praise God. I'll tell you, you're free in here. You want to stand on your head, stand on your head. You want to jump up and down, you jump up and down, whatever you want. I could care less. Care less. What's the difference, praise God? We're human beings. We're not religious. My God, this is a religious service. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Dear Lord. All right. Did I go anywhere here or where am I going? Ephesians 2, thank you. I knew I was going somewhere. You guys are messing with me this morning. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 19. Now, when? Now. now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of what? So this tells you what happened when you got born again. You are no longer a stranger. A stranger of what? The kingdom of God. You are not a foreigner. A foreigner from what? The kingdom of God. I mean, you know, there's foreigners trying to get in our country right now. They're not citizens. And we couldn't get in the kingdom of God. We were foreigners. But when we got born again, you're no longer a foreigner. You have citizenship immediately the day that you get born again. You're no longer a stranger to the kingdom of God because you've been born into it. And you've been born in, it says, to be a citizen. And not only a citizen, but someone in the household of God. Hallelujah. You're a son and daughter of the living God. Praise God. So when I got born again, I now have dual citizenship. I'm a citizen of heaven, but I'm also a citizen of the United States of America. And that makes me an American. 
If you're from Bulgaria, you're a Bulgarian. If you're from Algeria, you're an Algerian. If you're from heaven, you're a Hevian. So what do I do? I have citizenship there and citizenship here. Now, if I'm going to trust the United States of America to meet my needs, keep me in peace and joy, keep me in a good state, get me a nice house, get me all these things, then you're only going to be able to get what the United States has to offer you. But if you surpass the United States and go to a different kitten where I'm a citizen also and start taking from, reaping from that up there, receiving from there, how many know there's much more supply up there than there is down here? So I don't have to base it on earthly things and things going on down here. I can see heavenly wise and see what God has promised me in his word. That's why you not only need to read the scripture, you need to see the scripture. See, you can see yourself rich even when you're poor. You can see yourself a new creation even when other people don't think you are. It's what you see that makes a difference, not what they see. And if you don't see the right thing, you start to take other people's opinions of what you can't be and can't do and can't know. You, you can do anything that God puts in your heart because the kingdom of God is responsible to back up the call of God on your life, not earth. See, our money supply for the building, for everything we've got has never come from here. It's come from there. It's his problem. I mean, you know, that takes a lot of pressure off. See, you've run a little short of money, say, you've got a problem. Sorry. Do something about it. No, it wants, pew, there it is. There it is. Why? Because we've got a kingdom up there. So we've got dual kingdom and dual citizenship. Say, I have dual, dual citizenship. citizenship. Now, notice, we're not in a membership. No. We're in a citizenship. Yes. Churches have become members. Even when we did the 501c3, we had to have so many members in order to do it. So we wrote down a number and sent it in. Praise God. Hallelujah. What is that? Because that's what they want you to do to prove that you have members. You're not a member. You're a citizen. If you're a member of a church, you only have to be a church member when you're at the church. So you can be a church member on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Monday morning come, you can be any kind of member you want to be. See, but citizenship, you can't get rid of that. You're a citizen on Sunday. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you'll be a citizen. Yeah, on Monday morning. Uh, Wednesday, you'll be a citizen. Friday, you'll be a citizen. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God all the time. It's not a religious thing, and you're not a member. I'll tell you, if you're a member of a church, you can be demembered. Right. <laughs> Lift your hands and pray in tongues. You've been demembered, brother. And because people come to churches, and they don't like the message or get offended or whatever, they turn into church jumpers. Jump to this church, don't like what they say, jump to this church, nobody like me, jump to this Why? Because they think they're members. It doesn't matter if you're the kingdom, what church you go to, you're still a kingdom citizen. Whether you... So you're either learning about the kingdom and growing up into it, or you're getting mad at people who do or whatever, but basically you can be demembered. They can kick you out of a membership, but they cannot kick you out of your citizenship. You can revoke it, but you don't want to revoke it. Why would anybody? Yeah. So basically what happens, we have a citizenship that cannot be taken from us. Say it cannot be taken from us. So what did Adam do? He declared independence way back in the garden. When he did that, every single person was born into the kingdom of darkness. Jesus came to give us an opportunity to be born again so that we would be placed back into, as a citizen, the kingdom of heaven that man was scheduled to be to begin with. The whole earth, if Adam just wanted to mess up, everything would be completely different, but we can't go back there and we can't undo that either, praise God. So basically what are we doing? He came to give us our purpose back, to give us our assignment back, to give your significance, say significance. 
This is one thing I've noticed over the years that everybody wants to do. They want to be significant. They want to be significant in something. So they'll do anything just to be significant. Even if they're not called to do it, they'll do it. Because they want to be part of something to think that they're being significant in that area. But your significance in the kingdom of God is a daily thing, an everyday thing. You're significant in the body of Christ, so you've got things to do. And by being significant with each and every one of us working together and doing things, we're significant for the main thing, which is God's kingdom, not little cubby holes here and there and here and there. That's why you see groups over here, groups over there, where they're trying to be significant. Why do young kids who don't have a dad or don't have a mom grow up and end up in a gang? significance. They're offering them brotherhood. They're offering them come together. They're offering them one. And that's what they're looking for. They need that someplace. So they go to gangs and they get in that knowing what might happen when they get in the gang and what might take place. So basically the kingdom of God gives us all that stuff. So what is God? One of the first things he does when you get born again, when Adam sinned, he lost the Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost. So one thing God had to do to get the kingdom of God back into the earth realm was send a governor or representative from the kingdom of heaven who knows a lot about heaven, knows how God thinks, knows God's morals, knows God's ways. So he sent back into us because he made us righteous somebody by the name of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is basically the governor. If you go over to the Bahamas, they got up on a hill, they got this great big white building, and they say that at one time was the governor's mansion. But ever since we've claimed independence, the governor had to leave because we claimed independence. So when Adam declared independence, the governor had to leave. But now the kingdom's been returned, so the governor has come back. And, and you've never saw a mansion that looked like a shack. They're all great, big, beautiful buildings. Gorgeous buildings. Expensive buildings. Now watch. You are the governor's mansion. No, no, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. He doesn't live in shacks. He lives in mansions. Behold a mansion. <laughs> Come on. Ain't it the truth? He's got to live in garbage. No, they live in, even in the natural, they live in a mansion. So he's come back and he's living on the inside. You're his mansion. I'm his mansion. He lives on the inside of us. He's coming back, what, to teach us, to instruct us, to show us. I mean, you know, he knows God pretty well. Really well. So he's showing us the morals. He's showing us the thing. So the first thing Jesus did, he gets raised from the dead. He goes to his disciples and he says, as the Father has sent me, I'm going to send you. Why did he send Jesus? He sent Jesus basically to preach the kingdom and spread it throughout the world. So he says, the Father sent me, I send you. Then he went, and he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Ghost. Remember in the Garden of Eden, he created him out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of, who was that? It was the Holy Ghost, wasn't it? So here's Jesus, he's raised from the dead. He said, here we go. These people are now righteous. So we're going to receive the Holy Ghost. Now watch. Receive. Say receive. Receive, receive means to, re to get again, to receive again. So in other words, the only reason why we could receive the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost was here at one time, and when we lost him, you had to receive him because we lost him. Amen. Come on now. Yeah. And he came back on the inside, and there is, there's the Holy Ghost on the inside. Praise God. And now we're governor's mansions. We're going around. He's showing us. He's training us. He's teaching us. And when I saw that in the Bible, and I looked at it, and this set me free. This scripture says, the first scripture, one of the first scriptures I ever saw, I was reading Ephesians, it said, just got born again, knew about the Holy Ghost. It said, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. I thought if I could just make that adjustment, my life would change. And how many know it changed? I said, I ain't going to be drunk with beer, wine, Mad Dog 2020, anything else out there anymore. I'm going to be filled with the Holy Ghost, praise God. And watch this. Speaking to yourself in Psalms, hymns, spiritual song, giving 
thanks for all things. Why give thanks for all things? Because when you got born again, you received all things, and you might as well thank him for what you got rather than thank him to try to get what he's already given you. Amen. Well, if I thank him enough, he's going to bless me. You're already blessed. Thank him that you're blessed. So you go around and say, thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord, I'm good. another good day today. Thank you, Lord, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, I'm doing these things. But notice, the Holy Ghost came back on the inside of us, and now he's teaching us, he's guided us, he's showing us. The Bible says, with Christ, he has freely given us all things. Well, when the Holy Ghost and the anointing came on the inside of you, he freely, with him, gave you how many things? How many things? Now, how many know he knows what all means? All things means all things. And now here's, here's the one that kills religion. He has freely given unto us all things. No, I've got to earn it. You don't understand. I've got to do something to get blessed. I've got to do something so God will like me. I've got to do something so I, that I, that I don't go to hell. I've got to do something so he gives me heaven. No, you, all you've got to do is receive what he did for you that belongs to you. Heaven comes along with your born again into the kingdom of God. It's part of your citizenship. Heaven belongs to you. Heaven's not the, the goal. Heaven's a, a that came with it. It's like a buffet. Everything comes with it. But we want to pick and choose. Yeah. See? How many of you walk by the broccoli when you get in the golden corral? <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not available. Right. It just means you ain't too interested. How many when you get to desserts take a little longer? <laughs> See, so sometimes, sometimes if we're, something's lacking in our life, we go towards that hard. We don't really care about the other stuff, and I understand that. But once you get that revelation, if you just get one revelation of everything belongs to you, it makes it easy to receive everything. As long as you're still trying to qualify for or earn things from God that already belong to you through the kingdom of God, you'll try to earn everything. And it won't work because God doesn't want you getting the glory for it. Somebody set their alarm. I'm supposed to be done by 12.15. Is that what's going on? Which one of you? Ushers! Get that license plate number. We're going to run that as soon as we get out of here. Hallelujah. So you got the Holy Ghost. you got the kingdom. You've got everything that you need, praise God. But we're going to grow and to be more and more conscious of who we are in kingdom citizens. You've got to become more heaven conscious than you are even earthly conscious, and it helps you in every single area of your life. I'm going to go before another horn goes off and everybody gets mad. <laughs> Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I give you praise and glory for what you're doing in our hearts, for revealing to us the kingdom of God, and for continually to open our eyes up to who we are and what we can do. We thank you for making us a king and priest unto you. We thank you for washing us in your blood. We thank you for freely giving us all things. We thank you today we go forth with our head held tie, walking in victory because we are the mansion of the Holy Ghost himself. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 All right. Praise God. Hallelujah.